Welcome to The Get, the Marketing Talent Podcast. This is your host, Erica Seidel. We explore what it takes to get and keep the best marketing leaders in the B2B SaaS world. I have Mike DiPietro. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Erica. Thanks for having me. Sure. So the background um, of you and I meeting, it was kind of funny, um, just for our listeners, a few months ago, I was working on a CMO search and I found Mike. Um, I tried really hard to recruit him. Uh, my efforts were unfortunately fruitless, but um, uh, we made friends, which is fun. Um, he said to me, I've got a great gig. I work exclusively with one PE company and its portfolio companies, and um, I, I I like what I'm doing. I'm enjoying it, and it would take a lot to, to kind of dislodge me. And so I thought it would be really great to hear his perspectives on um, on, on that kind of fractional marketing leadership role that he has um, within one particular space. Um, Mike started in sales. He evolved into marketing and GM roles. He spent over a decade at Kronos. Uh, he was later CMO at uh, a few different companies, such as Healthcare Source and Extension Engine, and now he has this very plum gig. So, Mike, um, um, as as you told me when we met, um, there are no you, such things as plum plum gigs, Erica. Come on, no such things. <laughs> they all have yeah, good you don't and think, bad. You don't think it's they all have good and bad, <laughs> but it is a good. They all have good and bad. Thing. All right. I enjoy so it. here's. <laughs> So with our current kind of uncertain economic climate, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of CMOs who are um, laid off or or leave on their own uh, steam and they want to follow a path like yours. And um, first, can you talk about the different models that there are for doing this kind of work? Yeah, and I should I should also just for context, I've been doing this kind of I did it part time. I was doing a CMO. Uh, job four days a week and then doing this one day a week. I did that for a few years and I've now been doing just what sometimes is called fractional CMO or marketing consulting um, for a PE firm for the last year plus. Um, and um, and it's interesting. And I do, I have, I have a number of people I've talked to when I explain what I do, they say, oh, that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. Uh, and it does, it has some real benefits, but it also, it's not for everyone. Um, there are different models and a lot of people kind of group them all together. And I don't know, there's probably a blog post somewhere on this a little bit more formally, but the way I, I look at it is, there's a bunch of people who have just decided to be independent freelancers. They're former CMOs, they just go out on their own and um, and they just make a, a run at it. And, um, and they might do, interim work or they might do support work for a particular um, organization. Um, you know, they might help out on projects, et cetera, but they're at a CMO level. So that's one. Uh, the next would be a uh, part of a collaborative and probably the best example I could think of is there's a group that some of you might've heard of called Chief Outsiders. It's I don't know, 40 or 50 former CMOs. They kind of work as a, as a partnership. Um, and then the last one is what I do, which is working for uh, a venture capital or a private equity firm. And not, I shouldn't say, I don't work for a private equity firm. I do work for a private equity firm. And that's something that's important for everyone to understand. Few of these PE or VC firms actually hire people on payroll 
they more just align themselves with specific consultants and and bring them into their portfolio companies. Um, and so that's what that's what I've seen at least at a CMO level. Uh, those three models, and I'm happy to talk more about those if you want, Erica. Uh, well, why don't we talk about just the, the VC and PE um, kind of flavor, um, sure. uh, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is it's interesting. Um, I think the catalyst for this was at least I, I focus on the SaaS business, so B2B SaaS. Um, so many of you are familiar with um, Vista. Vista is a very successful private equity firm that is not the one i do work for by the way but they they they've gotten great returns and a lot of it is they come in and they tell their companies exactly how they should work and they've got a lot of functional experts in that area and i think that that was one of the reasons that a bunch of the other firms have now said we need experts we need people who've done this job before who can who can coach and mentor and guide um, our, the, 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 the CMOs in this case, but all functional um, areas within the companies and mostly for growth. Um, again, the, the firm I do a lot of work for is a growth equity firm. So that's what they care about. They're just like, let's go fast. So let's help these folks as much as we can. Um, the model is, and and my understanding is this is the case with most PE and VC firms. You are a freelancer, so you work for yourself. Um, you know, you're an LLC, which has some downsides if you've never done it before. Uh, you have your own expenses. You're you know you're buying your own PC. You're you got to have a home office or go to WeWork or something like that. Um, but then you work for the the portfolio companies. Um, and it's kind of nice, I guess. It, I, I think it's if you can get this gig, I got fortunate. I got lucky um, that I just happened to get introduced at the right time. A lot of times what they're doing is they're looking for people who've worked in their portfolio before. So when people ask me, how do you get a gig like that? I say, well, if you've worked for a, a PE owned firm, go back to that firm, you know, um, that PE firm and see if they're looking for this type of a role. They want people who are proven and who also understand them. Um, and um, and that's, you know, that's that's basically um, the gig and you're doing whatever their portfolio companies need to, um, you know, to 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 grow in most cases. So, Mike, is it more about whispering in an existing CMO's ear or being a CMO for um, a period of time. Yeah, and, and this is the hard part. It, it The answer is yes and yes and a lot more yeses. Um, <laughs> so it is it is being everything and it's it's sometimes challenging. So sometimes you are asked by a CMO to support them and their team. And they may say, for instance, I'm working with one company right now that has been experiencing rapid growth. Um, hopefully that continues. Um, we're recording this right in the midst of the COVID-19 situation, but, um, but she, she just can't keep up with everything. And so she said, look, I'm going to take these five things. You take these three things. I trust you. My team will look at you as their manager on this. Just go run and take care of these things. I just can't do all of it. 
Sometimes you have that situation. Sometimes you have a CEO who will come to you and say, I want you to work with my CMO, but I'm not really sure if my CMO is the right person or not. Um, so can you not only help them, but can you also evaluate them, which is really tricky. Um, and, you know, frankly, sometimes you'll have the PE firm say, hey, this is a young company, founder-led. They don't yet know what great looks like. Can you kind of work your way in there and help encourage them um, and help show them a little bit so, you know, they can grow as fast as what we think they should grow? Um, and the type of work you can do is I've done interim CMO where, you know, they're in between. I'm helping them hire someone. Um, I am running the team kind of um, on a day to day basis. Uh, I've also done projects where literally like before this call, Erica, I was sitting here going through a website and making making, you know, a detailed spreadsheet of of little changes, copy changes and format changes for uh, for an agency. So you got to you got to be able to do anything and everything. Um, and there's a lot of variety in this job, which is good and bad. Yeah. So talk more about uh, the, the pieces of the job that um, might not be so obvious from the outside in the in the, the spirit of like the sharing the good and the bad and the ugly a little bit more. Yeah. Well, let's start with with that part that I just talked about. So whether you're doing this for a PE firm or or as part of a collaborative or just on your own, you so as CMOs, you know, all of us kind of came up usually through one function. I happen to come up through product marketing, but whether you're a demand gen person or a corporate communications person, whatever, you know, you knew that real well. You grew, you might have done a couple of different jobs. You became a manager, became a director, you became a VP, became a CMO. And um, and your job for the last few years has been managing other people. And yeah, you provide some guidance and you dig in here and there. Um, but for the most part, when there's like some detailed work that needs to be done, you've got someone who does that. Or you can call serious decisions or topo or you can bring in a consultant. Um, when you're when you are the consultant, you're there's this expectation that you know everything with great depth across all areas of marketing. So, you know, tell us what our SEO strategy should be. Tell us how we should configure Pardot for a lead flow. Tell us how we do ABM. Tell us what our campaign strategy should be. Tell us give us a branding, um, uh, you know, do branding project like. It's all this stuff that you you really are almost expected to have depth in. And not all of us have depth in that. I certainly didn't. I've learned, this is one of the good sides of this, is I've learned more in this job in the last few years than any job I've ever had because you're forced to. Um, but there are very high expectations on that. Um, so it is... And, and there's also an expectation that you're not coming in here and sitting around at executive meetings and, and you know, talking and coaching to people. You're doing the work. They're paying you good money. They want you to do the work. So if you're not hands-on anymore, you don't wish to be hands-on, um, which is fine, this is probably not the right job for you. Most of the companies that need interim or help like this are smaller. They need people who can dig into the details, but also can work at a high level. 
Um, and that's hard if you haven't done it in a long time. So that's, that's one of the things um, I'd say kind of maybe people wouldn't expect. Um, I also think this job, um, it requires very high EQ. Um, you're jumping into an organization. You don't know the politics. You don't know the personalities. You don't know the all the stuff that's going on in that company. You don't know the norms. Um, and you're typically, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. It's different than joining a company as a CMO. You've gone through this interview process. Everyone loves you. They're all excited. They want you to be successful. It's in most cases. Um, in this case, it's like, all right, who's this guy, especially if you work for their investor, who's this guy coming in? Um, what are they all about? And, um, you know, you, you've got to build trust real quick. You've got to adapt to different personalities. You've got to be able to make these judgment calls. Um, you may be, if you're in a role like I have where you're working for a, you're hired by a CEO in many cases, you're working alongside with a CMO, you're helping that CMO, but they're also a little suspicious. Is this person trying to take my job? Are they trying to make me look bad, et cetera? So you gotta have a real high EQ and be ready for that. And you have to be tuned into that stuff or you will not be successful. I would also say you've gotta have the right drivers. So a lot of us, you know, when you're a CMO or you're up and coming through your career, you're ambitious, you know, you want to win, you want to be part of that. You're one of the drivers is like, I'm going to grow my career. I'm going to show how great I am. I'm going to, um, you know, be part of a winning company. Like there's that whole comp competitive side uh, that most CMOs have. Um, in this job, you can't have that at all. You're there, you're a service provider and you're not there to win. You're there for them to win. Um, and in many cases, you want to lose, if that makes sense. That sounds a little odd, but it is, you, you've got to be in the background. You cannot have an ego in this job. Um, you cannot be driving for the same types of things that a lot of us did in a more, in a traditional role. That's hard to adjust to. It's a, just a very different thing. You're there as a service provider. You're there to make them look good and them to be good. And then you're there to step out. Um, you know, that's not as satisfying for a lot of people. Um, and then there's all the other stuff that people don't realize, I think, that they miss. You know, you're you're not part of the business strategy in many cases. You're not sitting in in the executive team leadership meetings. You're not involved in um, some of the strategic decisions. Uh, you don't have you, you help people and you and you're supporting them and you're coaching them, but they don't work for you. Um, and so you don't have a team. You're not going through all those things that a lot of people get um, get a lot of reward from in, in being a CMO or any executive. Um, and you're also you don't always get to do some of the other things that CMOs tend to love. So like. You're not an expert in the market. You don't get to be up on stage at the users conference. You don't get to talk to the analysts. Um, you're you're a functional expert. You're not you're not a domain expert or a product expert uh, or an expert in your company. And again, I think that's something I certainly miss. 
Um, and I know other people who do this job um, for, for marketing certainly miss that as well. Now, at the same time, it's, um, like I said, it's, it is a ton of fun to be an expert in all things marketing or trying to be that. Uh, and you do develop that muscle, like, um, like more so than you would even imagine. Um, and you develop new muscle and, and you get, you get the pleasure of working with lots of different companies, with different types of peoples. You're, you're, you're being challenged constantly and they're new challenges. They're not the same old, same old challenges at one company. Um, so you do, you grow a lot and you learn a lot in this. I think I would be 10 times the CMO today as I was, you know, three years ago, um, just from everything that I've learned. So it can be rewarding, but the rewards are different. The fact of the matter is a lot of us became CMOs at software companies because we wanted an exit. You know, we, we were excited. We wanted to grow this company and see an exit and get a reward at the end of it. And these jobs, at least to my knowledge, I don't I don't think they have that. Um, mine certainly doesn't. So this is more of you making a certain amount. There are no bonuses. There are no, um, you know, uh, options. There's no. There's none of that. Um, I, I think there might, there might be some VC and PC firms that might do some some of that based on like their portfolio, but um, I don't think it's the norm. Um, so you also have to just be sure that you're ready for that, that you're not driving toward this exit that many of us have done over the years, that you're more just saying, look, I'm gonna be paid well, um, and I'm gonna have uh, different rewards, but this is what it's gonna be. So what's your advice, Mike, on how a CEO should pick a fractional CMO from all the ones out there? Like what are the if, if you were advising a CEO who didn't have access to somebody like you, uh, what would you advise that person yeah. to um, to do? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, at risk of stating the obvious, define the problem that you're trying to solve first. So, OK, my CMO left. I don't have a CMO right now. I'll go hire a fractional CMO. No, that's not the problem. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Are you trying to have someone babysit the team? Are you trying to have someone improve the team? Are you trying to, you know, try before you buy? Um, do you have specific initiatives you want someone to come in and solve for? Um, like define the problem that you're really trying to solve first and then and then try to match the right person to that problem i think especially on the am i really just want a fractional cmo because i want to try them out and see if they'll work out i think that's then very different um you can hire someone who is just laid off that's going to happen unfortunately um soon with the economy and so you could say yeah why don't you give this a shot and We'll see how that works, and if it works out, we'll move forward. Um, but if you just really want someone who's going to come in for a specific period of time and do this job until you can hire someone else, I do recommend you find someone who's done this job before, not a CMO job, this job, because it's a different job, and it's hard. <laughs> and, um, and like I've learned, I've gotten way better at being a consultant when I first started this, I was a CMO pretending like I was a consultant. Now I'm a consultant, you know, um, kind of, <laughs> or at least I think I'm better at it um, because I've practiced at it. So I would look at that too. 
The other thing is um, the, and this is on both sides. This is if anyone's thinking about it, but also if you're a CEO considering on hiring someone is fractional CMO could be two days a week, right? Like I want, I don't, I'm a, I'm an early stage company. I am sub $10 million in revenue. I can't afford um, 250 grand for a full, you know, boat CMO. So I'm going to get someone really talented, but they're only going to work two days a week, right? So um, that is um, that is one model. But um, if there's two days a week, let's say it's Monday and Tuesday, guess what? That CEO is going to want access to that person Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday sometimes. And that's also hard to manage. So how is that person splitting their time? Are, do you as a CEO and the team get access to that person every day? How are they balancing if you've got a critical meeting and you're basically running the, the marketing department, but they're at a different client? Can you, you know, do they have flexibility? Do they not? Um, you know, there's some logistics things you also have to look at and work through. Um, but I think it's really mostly that first thing is if you're just looking for someone to um, to babysit, that's one that's one skill set. If you really say, no, we need someone who's going to come in here and is going to, you know, create more demand or is going to. Um, get us into a new market or something. Find someone with that specialty and let them do that as almost as a project more than quote unquote interim CMO. Well, Mike, this has been fabulous. I've learned a ton and thank you so much for sharing your perspectives today. Oh, no problem. I hope it was helpful. Thanks for joining us today for The Get. Join us next time with another guest. Till then, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify so you don't miss a thing.